Well, good morning. It's great to see you. And I don't know about you, but I've been moved as I've been listening to those testimonies. There was a lump in the throat at one point. And uh, I don't know if anybody else had that, but it's just brilliant, isn't it, to hear what God is doing in people's lives. So uh, I, I think it's fantastic. The title that I want to speak about this morning will come up on the screen any second. It's Go for Gold, Get the Crown. Go for gold, get the crown. And every single one of us in this room can do that. And you'll understand what I mean by that as we go along. But every single person here can go for gold and can get the crown. A really important crown. And I'll tell you what that is as we go along. But I'm going to read from two letters that were written in the first century by a man called Paul. And it might be that this morning you're here and you're a skeptic. You don't really believe the Bible. And I'm just going to ask you to just park the problems that you have with the Bible on one side for a moment. Uh, Because Paul was a historical figure. Everybody believes in this man, Paul, that he really existed, that he really lived. And when he stepped onto the pages of history, not as a Christian, he was absolutely committed to the eradication of Christianity. And that meant that he was hell-bent on killing Christians. So he got permission from the Jewish leaders, because as a Jew, he saw Christianity as a cult. So he got permission from the Jewish leaders to get rid of the Jesus followers. And then in one day, and if he'd been giving testimony this morning, he would have said in one day, he moved from being a Jesus, from a Christian hunter to a Christian leader in one day. He moved from someone who gave his all to destroy the followers of Jesus Christ to someone who gave his all as a follower of Jesus Christ. And from then on, he was going for gold. And he knew he was going to get a crown. What a transformation. So let's read a a part of two of the letters that he wrote. He wrote quite a lot of letters. But one was to a young man called Timothy. And one was to a young church in Corinth, in Greece. And so we're going to start with uh, 2 Timothy 4. This is a young guy who is writing to a young Christian, a young Christian leader one of his team members, and he says this, chapter 4, verse 1, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favourable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good (coughs) teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, 
My life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time for my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize isn't just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Then moving on to the letter to Corinthians, in chapter 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 to 17. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, Christ Jesus. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hair or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will, be, will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realise that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Amen. So Paul was going for gold and he was absolutely certain that he was going to receive a crown. There is a saying, you've got to be in it to win it. Have you heard that one before? You've got to be in it to win it. I've got a PowerPoint slide here. In London 2012, Jessica Innes was an Olympian and she got gold. She was in the heptathlon, it was her event, and she won a gold medal for Endeavours. I want you now to set your sights a little lower than that. Well, in fact, a lot lower than that. Because you've got another slide coming up here now. You might recognise one of those people. Uh, you might recognise them both. But this is uh, my son Daniel and myself. So in 2002, uh, Daniel and I and the family went to the Bath and West Showground, a Christian holiday camp called New Wine. There were a few thousand people present. And Daniel said to me one afternoon, Dad, there's a five-a-side football tournament. Will you be on my team? And I said, well, what does it involve, Dan? He said, well, basically, you sign up, you turn up, and one afternoon we play. So I said, okay. So out of the thousands of adults, there's about 45 or 50, I can't remember whether it was nine or ten teams signed up. The conditions were horrendous. It was absolutely chucking it down. So it wasn't great. And uh, so we got through the group stages into the semi-finals. We won the semi-final, we're going to the final. And we won the final. (laughs) 
obviously I live on past glories, you know. <laughs> but 2002, we went for it, we won it, we won it, we got gold. And I think if you could see that picture, I don't know how clear it is there, but the expression on my face says it all. We just got back to the tent after, after winning the victory, and, and my expression says, we gave it all! We gave it all. And those of you who've seen me on the football field know that I tend to. And, and, and so, we weren't the most skillful team. Well, they had me on the team for a start, so that, that wasn't helping the skill level. But we wanted it more than any other team. We gave it everything. And in the final, we did a lot of defending. (laughs) But we won. You know, we didn't just want to be on the list of competitors for the football tournaments at New White. We wanted to win gold. There's a big difference. We were wet, we were shattered, we were tired, but we were happy. Paul urges Timothy not just to be in the race, but to go for gold. Today, Joanna, Dawn and Holly have publicly said, we are in the race. We are in the race of life. We're on the right track. And the right track is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said some incredible words, some powerful words, some true words. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying, I am the path. I am the running track that leads to God the Father. You know, Jessica Innes could only be an Olympian athlete by running on the Olympic track and competing by the Olympic rules. There is no other way to become a Christian than through Jesus Christ. In baptism, Holly, Dawn and Joanna are identifying with Jesus Christ. Christ. And they're identifying with two key moments in Jesus Christ's life on earth. The first one is his death. When they go under the water, it's symbolic of dying with Christ, it's symbolic of the death of Christ. And when they come out of the water, it is symbolic of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and their newness of life in him. See, in his death, Jesus Christ dealt with all past sin and shame. All of it. I think that's incredible. Nikki started with that right at the beginning of the worship. That the awesome fact that Jesus has dealt with all sin. Making us right with God. Giving us a pure heart, a clean heart. Taking away guilt and shame and fear. 
That's what he does with his death. In his resurrection, he conquers death and he gives his life. Life to the full. Eternal life, he makes a difference. And as we're listening to the testimonies, wasn't that the thing that came through? There is a difference. There is a new hope, there's a new family, there's a new life. Something has happened. Something has changed. We have to be in it. (laughs) To win it. You know, there are thousands of people at New Wine, but only 45 or 50 signed up for the football. There are billions of people on the planet. Billions. The big question is, have they signed up for this track? Jesus Christ. The only way to the Father. I want to ask you, are you one of those in the race? Have you started the race yet? Today you can. You can only get in it at the cross. The cross is like the registration station. And as Holly and Dawn and Joanna come to their baptism, it's a bit like waving the registration paper in the, in the air, as it were. I'm in! <laughs> I've signed up! <laughs> I'm in this race! I'm in it! I'm a Christian! I'm following Jesus Christ. I'm in his race. I'm on the right track. I want to look at another race. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been on the race for life. And I've got some pictures here. It's organised by Cancer Research UK. And you'll see the pictures there starting, finishing. And then the medals. All these women at the bottom are holding a medal. To get into the race for life and receive your medal, you only need to do two things. First, you need to register. If you don't register, if you run that race without registering, you will not get a medal. You have to register. Second, you need to stay on that course from beginning to end and finish it, and then you will receive the medal. Paul says, I have finished the race. I have stayed on the course. I'm on the right track and I'm almost there at the end and I know because I've done that I'm going to get a crown of righteousness. Isn't that awesome? A crown of righteousness. If you do the same you will receive a crown of righteousness. If I do the same I will receive a crown of righteousness. You see, Paul is saying that it's not just for me, it's for everyone. He says in that uh, scripture there, the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And if you're looking forward to his appearing, you're still on the track, aren't you? You're still on the track. You're waiting and you're looking. You're still following. Jesus Christ. You can't earn a crown of righteousness. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You know, God doesn't say, run the race that you may earn a crown of righteousness. No, he doesn't. It is a free gift. But we receive it when we remain faithful and stay on track. Basically, continuing to trust Jesus 
Christ. That's why I look forward to seeing him. (laughs) I look forward to that day when he gives to me the crown of righteousness. Purely for me being in the race. (laughs) That's a great deal, isn't it? It's a great deal. When we look at what this righteousness is like, we've had a taste down here. We've had a taste of what it will feel like to wear that crown. Because Isaiah prophesied what Jesus was going to do on the cross and what that meant for those who receive him. Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. As we come to the cross, as we give to Jesus our our iniquity, our sin, our guilt, whatever word you like to call it. In other words, the stuff that within us we know we've messed up. We know we've got it wrong. We know that other people have messed up and got it wrong and have hurt us and have put guilt on us. See, Jesus takes away guilt not only that we're guilty for, but guilt that others have put on us that we're not guilty for. He takes away the shame that we've created ourselves and the shame that others have created and put on us. Jesus brings a righteousness. A right standing before God into our hearts. Jesus takes away all that muck and that grime. 1 John 1 verse 9 is my favourite verse in the whole Bible. It says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from all sin or all unrighteousness. I, I just love that. I love the fact that Jesus forgives it all. That he's paid for it all. And that he not only wipes the slate clean, but he gives us a new slate. That's pure. And beautiful. That's a taste of the righteousness to come. And we get, we get a robe. You can't see it, but... The Bible talks about us wearing a robe. We sang about the royal robe that we don't deserve. We don't deserve the robe of righteousness that covers and makes us pure. But one day we're going to have a crown of righteousness. (laughs) From the head down. Total. We are never again to be exposed to impurities. Never again living in a fallen world. (laughs) Everything will be right. It will be a righteous environment. And we will wear the crown. In heaven I'm given that crown of righteousness that I don't deserve purely through my trust in Jesus Christ. Purely through being on the right track. Running the right race. So I say to to Dawn and Holly and Joanna, you are on the right race. Well done. Keep going. Keep going. Keep running on that right race to the end. There'll be days when you feel like stopping running. There'll be days when Satan would tempt you to even get off track. 
Don't listen to him. Keep on going. That's part of what this family is all about. This family here is to encourage one another to keep running. Keep going. We all have times when we feel like giving up. But we're here to encourage one another to keep going. But I want to tell you, don't just settle for the crown. Don't just settle for the crown. Go for gold. There's so much fool's gold in this nation. You know, you can go in the rat race and try and accumulate as much fool's gold as you want. Gold that doesn't last for eternity. See, the gold that we're talking about, that we're running for in the Christian life, counts for eternity. The gold in this life only lasts for a short while. And the problem with it is, you always want a bit more. Have you ever met anybody who's pursuing gold, wealth, that says, I've got enough? It's a hard taskmaster. Paul said, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. He says, I have fought the good fight. This is image of hard work, isn't it? Does that sound like hard work to you? You know, I've I poured out my life. I fought the good fight. And in 1 Corinthians 3, we read the image of a builder. Now, when you go to a building site, if anything's going to be built, there's a lot of sweat going on, isn't there? <laughs> there's a lot of hard work. It's hard graft. And that terminology is used. The work terminology. In Philippians, another letter that Paul wrote to another young church. In chapter 2, verse 12, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. The key word in all of that is obedience. Obedience to Jesus Christ. Obedience is a dirty word in our society now. We don't like it. That doesn't mean to say it's not good. That's not mean it's not right. Just because in our society it's not a buzzword. Jesus Christ has given us all we need and the power to do the job, but we've got to work at it. I've got here an Airfix model. It's all here. There is absolutely nothing missing in this model. It's all here. But it doesn't look like that picture on the front. It looks like a lot of bits in a box. Now I could give that to you as a gift. I could give it to Pete. Why don't I give it to Pete? <laughs> I could give it to Pete as a gift. Now I could say to Pete, Pete, there's everything in there to build a spitfire. You can do it. Go for it. Build it. Work at it. I'll be with you. I'll join you. I'll help you. Yeah? I'll help you. I'll, I'll guide you. But you've got to do it. You've got to work it out. That's what God says to you and to me. He doesn't drop everything on our lap and we just pray and bang, there it is. He says, I'm calling you, I'm asking you to do this. Whatever that this is. And we've got to roll our sleeves up. We've got to work it out. 
His Spirit gives us the power. Spirit enables us to do it. But we have to work. Obedience to Christ is the key. God has saved us. Yes. He's going to give us a crown of righteousness. Yes. But we are responsible for the gold. We are responsible for how much gold we are investing and saving and storing in heaven. The gold of obedience to Christ. You know, gold isn't attached to certain types of service. You know, I, by standing here as a preacher, I'm not guaranteed that I am producing gold right now. Paul made it really clear that a preacher can be disobedient. He is not getting any gold for preaching in disobedience. We read it, didn't we? About saying what people want to hear. Telling people the things that they would like, not the things that are true, not the things that are right. You know, we live in a society, in a nation, where if I preach what is true and right, I could be called crazy, mad, intolerant. But it's worth it, if it's true. I believe with all my heart that this message of good news of Jesus Christ is true. This life-changing message of Jesus Christ is right. For 2,000 years, people have been trying to discredit Jesus Christ. For 2,000 years, people have been trying to trash the Bible. But he still keeps transforming lives. I don't mind being called an idiot or crazy or intolerant. But if I preach what society wants to hear, I'm not getting any gold. It's straw. It'll be burned up. It'll be worth nothing. Whatever God calls you to do, and He doesn't call everybody to preach, the point I'm making is whatever it is God calls you to do, if you obey Him, then you're storing up gold. If you disobey Him, you are not. It is simple as that. We need to give our all to obey God whatever He tells us to do. In closing, I want to ask you a question. Which track are you on this morning? Are you on the ME track or the JC track? It's really that simple. Either I'm running for me or I'm running for Jesus Christ. It's that simple. We can dress up the me in all kinds of things. You know, there's some people who do a huge amount of good works to make them feel good. It's still all about me. Or we can live for Jesus Christ and do truly good works. If you're on the JC track, you will receive a crown of righteousness. No ifs, no buts. Even if you're getting by the skin of your teeth, 
you'll receive that crown. Even if you don't live a life of storing up gold, you'll get in there as long as you keep on that track. Or you can deposit a lot of gold in heaven. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. I want to say let's go for gold and let's get the crown.